Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Happy Wellness Wednesday. This week on the podcast, we welcome astrologist Sandy Citron to the show. Sandy is a self-proclaimed law of attraction astrologer and uses astrology to help individuals use their own birth chart to discover deeper blocks, profound gifts, and live the life of their dreams. Sandy is also an author and writes horoscopes for the popular website, The Numinous, and she specializes in Saturn Return. On this episode, we dive deep into birth charts and even go a bit into our own. We have a conversation on Mercury retrograde and explore Saturn return, um, which is a very personal and significant time in astrology that occurs up to three times in our lives. So we hope you enjoy this episode. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. So welcome, Sandy. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for inviting me. So just to begin, we are so excited to talk to you all about astrology. But first, how did you find astrology? How did you get into this line of work? What is your personal journey to astrology? Well, I was I consider myself to be very lucky because um, I started learning astrology when I was a kid because my stepmother is an astrologer. So I started kind of picking up on what she was talking about when I was around nine years old and just always gleaning information. And when you're around that age, things that you learn really stick in your head. So like I learned the Greek alphabet in sixth grade for some reason, but I still remember it. <laughs> but they say that like that age, like 9, 10, 11, 12 is a really good like learning time. And I picked it up and didn't really realize I had that information because it just seemed so second nature until I was in college. And then I started 
I would always be talking about it and people would be very curious and wonder what I was talking about. And that's when I realized like, oh, this isn't normal to know all of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) My mom, I also grew up with a mom who, my mom was very into astrology. And when I left for college, she gave me the big book of birthdays and was like, read about everyone you meet. And that's probably why to this day, I ask everyone what their birthday is. If we have more than a five minute conversation. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, it, it went from being a curiosity or even just like this knowledge base that you had from your family um, to in college, then uh, your community was curious and interested in it and that you realized, OK, I have this sort of basic um set of knowledge around this topic. And then how did that transition into hey, this is something like a little bit bigger for me, maybe a job or maybe it's something I want to spend more time on and really study. That's a great question. So I took a long time to get there. I was always up at night doing, um, pulling up people's charts and especially potential romantic interests. I was always doing the sinistry charts and looking to see, oh, is this person compatible? And so developing my knowledge that way and then um continuously talking to my friends about it i am an artist so i was pursuing an art career and really dedicated to that and i got to a point where it was actually a friend who kept saying to me hey you should be doing astrology readings and i was like no like what are you even talking about like that's not even a thing i couldn't do that i really felt like i couldn't Like I didn't know at the time, I really didn't think I knew anything about astrology, even though I obviously did. (laughs) Um, So she was persistent. And then I had that seed planted in my mind. And then one day I just finally said, hey, I'll just send an email to 10 friends and see if they want to sit down for a free reading. I don't know what that's like. I don't know if I can do it, but might as well just, you know, send that email. There's nothing about that that would be stressful for me or anything. And it wasn't really thinking like, oh, this is now me becoming a professional astrologer. It was just the sending an email to some friends. And within a couple of days of sending that email, people were like sending me clients. Wow. <laughs> and I realized that astrology blends my interests which are I was I'm always the person who wants to ask you the deep questions or ask how you know your relationships going or you know give advice although I try not to give advice now I'm a recovering (laughs) advice giver (laughs) but that was definitely me and um, I always want to talk about the real stuff that's going on I don't want to talk about like just you know the surface stuff So, and I was very interested at the time in my own healing journey and had been going to therapy once a week for five years at the time that I started doing astrology readings. And it was, it was kind of like an unfolding that was a really good time for me to step into, um, more of, uh, accounts consultant kind of modality. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I also love how it was like, you just sent that one email, right? Yeah. Like you took that first step and a new career was formed, right? Like here we are today, so many years later, right? Because of one email. And I think that really inspires me because so many times I feel like we think, well, we have to be an expert or what, but no, you just send one email or sign up for a blog or whatever it is that's in your heart 
and then see what happens or, you know, like life, life will happen. So do you think, well, can you, can you go, let's, for any of our listeners, actually, let's, if anybody's not familiar with basic astrology, which I think most people are with their sun signs in the context of horoscopes, right? But can you just kind of give a basic overview for you why you think it's a valuable tool and what's important to you about it and what it is? Yes, yes. So astrology is basically a personality assessment tool and it's the most ancient accumulation of psychological knowledge that we have. For um, thousands of years, people have been defining humans into different psychological categories through the lens of astrology and connecting to the archetypes of the planets. So um, what I love about astrology is we can sit down and look at this map, and I can talk more about what that map is, and we can see, oh, this is how your emotional processing works. This is how you process emotionally and what you need to do first when big emotions come up. Oh, here's kind of like some core values that are really important to your core sense of self. Here are some different words to describe how you think about the world and how you um, communicate with other people. And here are some, dis here's some information about how you find pleasure in your daily life and how you find pleasure in your relationships and on and on and on. Um, so you can go much deeper than the sun sign, which the sun sign is your core sense of self. So it's very useful <laughs> and it can be really meaningful for people. Um, horoscopes are a way of looking at the current planets and their placements and then to see what's happening now for the different sun signs. It can be kind of general, but it can also be helpful. Um, astrology, you asked, what is astrology? That's like kind of a bigger question, which is why I saved it for my second half of my answer. Um, astrology is a mapping of the solar system. So if you think about in ancient times when we didn't have electricity, the most interesting thing to do at night might have been to look up and look at the stars and see what was happening there. And so the ancients really saw the night sky as like a stage and that a theatrical performance was taking place between the planets of our solar system as they move very quickly compared to the fixed stars quickly through the sky. And maybe Venus would meet up with Mars. And what would happen if this, these two planets met up? And, and so that's kind of where maybe some of the meaning of astrology started but people would also notice oh there's an energetic relationship to how i'm feeling and to how i'm responding to the world around me when venus and mars meet up in the sky and so you know over years all different cultures all around the world added up to this database and this is like really all around the world it's not just one location it's like the fertile crescent and china and india and the americas like all different cultures have been adding to this knowledge base and now and so it's very 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 you know hard to put a finger this is not science <laughs> and so sometimes people are like oh astrology is a soft science and i'm like no this is not science as soon as you start to call this science to me, you're gonna, you're in dangerous territory <laughs> because we're not talking about the scientific method. We're not proving anything here. This is nothing you can see, but it is something that can be felt. 
and felt in your body and felt, and I don't know why that would be, right? So I don't know why it works or exactly what it is even. But what we do know is that we're looking at the stars, which that's what we call the planets in the solar system and the sun and the moon. So we're looking at the planets in the solar system, the sun and the moon, which in astrology we also call those planets. And then we're looking at the placement where they were at the very moment of birth. And that gives us an energetic kind of code, basically like an uh, kind of like a factory settings energy code for you, an energy map for you that can follow you and grow throughout your life. Wow, that was a great that was a great explanation. Thank oh, you cool. so much. <laughs> and I think it's a good segue because um, you talk, you know, like you said, a lot of people know what their sun sign is, but there's a lot more in this map or chart that we all have. So I. It could, I, maybe we can all share what our sun, moon, and rising signs are, just just to share for anyone interested in listening. And then we can talk about how you work with people to then interpret this. You know, like what does it mean for? Because we're all three different people with three different signs, so it could be interesting to to share. So um, I'll go first <laughs> since I'm speaking. Um, I'm a Libra sun, uh, Aquarius moon, and a Capricorn rising. I'm an Aries sun, an Aries moon, and an Aries rising. I love this. So I am a Libra sun, a Libra moon, and a Sagittarius rising. And I, I bet there's it. a lot of people listening who are like, wait, well, how do you all know your moon sign? And how do you all know your rising sign? And what is that? So we will help you if you're Yeah, so curious. maybe just to start, what is the sun, moon, and rising signs? And how can people find that information? Great. So... So first of all, what you do need to know to know your rising sign and maybe even your moon sign, depending, is your birth time. So if you have your birth time, then this is um, easy to figure out. And you can go online and put in the search engine, um, astrology chart, creator, <laughs> whatever, Google it, right? <laughs> and then you'll find a program where you can enter that data, your birth date, your birth time, and your birthplace, and then you should get a printout that shows what your sun, moon, and rising sign are. What those are is the const there are 12 constellations in the astrological zodiac. I, you're probably familiar with those. And when you're born, the sun was showing up in one of those signs, in one of those constellations. And that's your sun sign. So that's your sign that you already know. It's like, oh, I am a Gemini. That's your sun sign. But the moon was also showing up in a sign as well. And you can look that up and find out what your moon sign is. And that's going to show your emotional reaction style. So how when an emotion comes up, like, for example, I've already had like 100 emotions come up today. <laughs> um, and each time one of those has come up, I've kind of slipped into my reaction style, just quickly reacting probably subconsciously to that emotion. Um, and then maybe I've soothed myself in a certain way around that emotion. And the way that I do that, how I react and how I soothe myself may be related to my moon sign. So we'll talk about that for both of you and I'll kind of talk to you about your moon sign so you can hear what that's like. The rising sign is basically like your brand. It's basically like how, what's your vibe? How do people, what's the sense that people get 
from you when you walk into a room? What's the energy that you're bringing into the space? Um, you can think of this as the rising sign. What actually is in the chart is it's the the point, the degree of the chart where the sun would rise on the horizon. So the chart is a circular diagram that shows the um, perceived path of the sun's journey as perceived, meaning the sun obviously doesn't go around the earth. <laughs> the earth goes around the sun, but we perceive that the sun is moving. So the chart is the circle that shows that path. That's interesting. I actually never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the point that's the rising sign is the degree where the sun would be cresting the horizon line at the moment that you were born. And so what the rising sign is, is it's the the constellation that's cresting the horizon at the moment that you were born. So it shows the kind of energy that's just being brought to the earth, like the new fresh light. So it shows your fresh light that you're bringing into a room or into a relationship or into a space. What are you, what's the energy that you're bringing in? That's a really good explanation. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I have so much to think about. So if someone's coming to you for a reading, a chart reading, you you know, anyone can generate their chart, but like then they come to a professional who can interpret it. And and how do you approach a session with someone? And is it usually based on what they want to know or do you do do you cover some general stuff first can you speak a little bit to that and then what also people come to you for like what is the purpose of reading a chart right yeah yeah so I almost always do a chart reading the same way for the first reading that I do with someone and that first reading I'll say look um, I'm just going to start by talking and I'm just going to read the chart and 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 kind of communicate to you the things that are coming to mind. Um, and, and I'll usually do that for like 10 or 15 minutes and then I'll pause and I'll check in with them, see how it's resonating. And we, then we start to move into the questions that they have and that they've brought to the session. So I usually like to warm it up and kind of just that preliminary talk actually usually addresses the questions that they have, which is interesting um, and helps them kind of understand how the astrology works and helps them understand how, how we can communicate and get to know me a little bit more and me get to know them because they can tell me like, actually, you know, this almost never happens, but they could have the opportunity to be like, no, no, I'm not like that. <laughs> and then I would be like, oh, okay. Because what I'm doing is I'm interpreting symbols and each planet is in a sign and in a sector of the chart, which is called a house. And each house has a certain meaning. So I'm basically, um, synthesizing those three things for each planet. So there's a bunch of different symbols I'm interpreting all at once and pulling to decide which are the most important planets to talk about and how are the planets getting along with each other in the chart. So there's a lot of different symbolisms I could be interpreting at any moment. Um, and let's see, the second part of your question was what do they... Um, so wait, so first of all, I kind of talk for a while and then I answer their questions and then we move on to talk about the current weather of their life. So what's happening now with the current transits and progressions, which is some astrology jargon. Um, so what's happening energetically? And that could be as simple as, you know, um, something like 
talking about maybe they're moving through a Pluto transit, which would be bringing in a lot of transformation and letting go and surrendering to the situation that is and kind of needing to let go and forgive and move into a new phase. That could be something that might be happening. So we'd talk about that and there would probably be more specifics about it that would be coming from the chart for them. Um, and then the second part of the question that you asked was like, what questions do people come in with and what do people want to know? It's almost always that people want to know about career choices and aptitudes or career changes, relationships, and, um, there's a lot of different ways that we talk about that and purpose and like, uh, after that would be health and family. Wow. So it really is a tool to give you so much insight into yourself and then you can then use it right yes as it may go because I think sometimes too right people are like well am I fated to be this way because it's in the stars but I've always thought it's like this is just the roadmap, and then we all make the decisions right in our everyday yes. life yes that is the modern astrological viewpoint Yes, it's not always the way astrology has yeah. been, and it's not always like that in all of the um, iterations of astrology. But in modern Western astrology, we use it from the standpoint of empowerment. Like yeah. this is a guideline. This is a map. This can show you aptitudes. This can show you um, syllabus, syllabi, yeah. <laughs> you know, lessons that you're working through throughout your lifetime. Um, but you get to totally decide how you want to approach those. Maybe there's some things that are suggested, but you actually say, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm. I'm going to go. I want to do this other thing. Can, can So since we now have information can you kind of share with us right like we've shared our birth signs maybe just like small interpretations like the miniest many of what that means right so we have libra triple libra and sagittarius uh libra aquarius capricorn and, and a triple aries in alley <laughs> all fire yeah are you okay with me just looking at each of your charts one by one and just yeah. kind of doing a little whatever reading? whatever works okay for you. cool yeah, I think that that's fun and also fun for your listeners because you get a feeling of how does this sound? What kind of information yeah. could it give me? Right. Um, so, Erica, I have your chart open here, so I'll start with you. All right. So we've got you with the Libra sun. And here you have the Aquarius moon. As you mentioned, your Capricorn rising. Um, now there's a lot for the listeners. There's a lot more to the chart than just that, but that's a good starting point. Um, and the reason why we start there is because the sun and the moon and the rising sign are kind of like, if I was going to draw a portrait of you and I just wanted to get the, the kind of the outline of your face and capture your, your look and make you recognizable, that would just be the broad brushstrokes, yeah. right? The sun and the moon and the rising sign. So, um, so I always start with the sun and the moon because these are the two big luminaries in the sky. And so they represent two very important parts of your persona, how you kind of are always constantly reacting to the world around you, which is the moon. And I'm going to explain what Aquarius is all about. And then the sun, which is kind of like your factory settings. It's your yeah. core sense of self and what you come home to yeah. about yourself. So, um, so the moon in Aquarius 
is in the sun in Libra. First of all, this is a great flow for you throughout the day because they're both in the air element. So if you have an emotional reaction come up and you think, well, now I need to think about this. I need to talk about this. I need to connect with another person about this. I need to talk it out. Then after you do that, your sun sign agrees. Your sun sign is like, yeah, that was the right thing to do. Of course you would reach out. Of course you would connect. Of course you would come up with a better idea. Now, Aquarius moon is the moon sign that I find that can have like one of two different reaction modes. Um, so what I mean by that is like, let's say you get an email and it's, you know, you're checking your email in the morning before you had breakfast and, and one pops in and you're like, oh, this is irritating or whatever, whatever. We are always having little things happen or you miss of the course. bus or you have, you're surprised by a friend and you're really excited. It could be a really positive thing. These emotions are always going to kind of come up because of events or because of thoughts that we think. And when you have an emotion come up, Aquarius moon tends to either be very, have a very big perspective perspective about it. So kind of see the big picture, be a little detached from it, see how it could all fit in, kind of be objective or have a big blow up, <laughs> like a big emotional reaction that is, can feel very erratic. And then it just blows by like the wind, like very quickly. And everyone else around is kind of like, what just happened? And the Aquarius moon is like, I don't know. It's fine. Like <laughs> I, I can relate to both of them. Actually. <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So usually it's both. And it's like, that's one's happening and the other's happening. And, and that's fine. Now, self, self soothing things for you are to create a vision board, to talk with friends, to get a group of people together, um, to think about your future plans, to align yourself with your ideals and your and discover how you can make the world a better place and be coming back to that sense of meaning. Those are very soothing things for you. Thinking big. Now your, your sun in Libra is all game for all that stuff too, because both sun and moon are in air signs yeah. and harmoniously flowing with each other. So your sun sign self is always thinking, how can I connect with another person? Um, emotionally, you like to connect with people in general and you, you might like to connect over the internet or have a, a long distance relationship or something like that. But in your core sense of self, you want to be really close to another person and you like partnerships and you like to work together with people. Um, and you can sometimes find yourself constantly, well, sometimes constantly, constantly <laughs> balancing out for, for the things that are happening around you. So if you show up at, you know, let's say it's like you just go to college and you make a new group of friends and they're really crazy. You're suddenly going to be the like the steady, responsible one. Or if you like get in with a group of people and they're like very serious and very kind of like quiet, you're going to start to mix them all up and be really talkative and like balance them all. It's always just about balance. Yeah. It's almost mechanical. Libra is the only sign of the zodiac that is a machine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've, yes. I've noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like balance, 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 balance. Yeah. So it's an ongoing kind of life thing. I don't think Libras are the most balanced people. <laughs> she, for the people listening, she's shaking her head. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, but it's about, there's always that urge. There's always the understanding of how it needs to be balanced. Yeah. Always the understanding that 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 there's a necessity there. 
um, the Capricorn rising part of you um, helps you kind of come across as always knowing what the plan is or always knowing where how things are gonna go I'm like oh my gosh as her business partner and friends this is so interesting and spot on <laughs> it's amazing it's I'm like I'm more interested in hearing yours I feel like yeah we were just joking today that I always have a plan yeah and if somebody were to come in to you and say let's just do it spontaneously you would like shrivel inside <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to you in a minute, Allie, because Allie's pure spontaneity over here. <laughs> We're a good balance when yeah. it comes to balance. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's about, um, and it's not so the Capricorn part of you is personal and deep, but it's also kind of what other people expect from you. So people always expect you to be responsible, even if they're not being responsible. People expect you to be, um, have some kind of plan or take a leadership role. It makes you very hireable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and people will look at you and think, oh, give her a promotion. So people are always trying to advance you. It's just a question for you of like, do I want that? Yeah. I feel that so much. Yeah. <laughs> and know. because you like to please people, you may find yes. that sometimes you just say yes, even though then you check in with yourself and you're like, I don't know if I want this. So then your Aquarius moon comes over and hits the eject button and is yeah. like, get us out of here. <laughs> yeah. I've always felt it's, it's really just hearing. I've never, I've never had someone read my chart. I've read it so much right on the internet, but it's interesting to hear you put them all together in this way because when I've learned about myself I've always felt so in conflict honestly like like these are three very real but so different parts of me so to hear you being like well here's the harmony of it all it's mm -hmm. like it's really kind of blowing it's almost like emotional to hear the yeah. you know just the harmony of it yeah yeah that's the thing is that we know ourselves so there's nothing I'm saying that is surprising you you yeah. already know yourself but it's a the reason I love astrology is because it helps have the words and the framing so now you can create categories in your minds that are like oh this would serve my Libra son but it wouldn't serve my Capricorn rising at this time yeah. so then you can start to think about it in a more productive way yeah that's where I think astrology gets really powerful because we have so many parts of ourselves yeah. and it's sh that shows up in the chart. And yeah. so then we can start to make decisions that really do feel like they're in alignment. Yeah, no, that was amazing. Cool. Gosh. So cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's wild. I'm, I'm so interested now and I'm like, it's true. It's like putting it all together creates, creates just a more kind of, um, like a, a more cohesive picture, right? Instead of like the compartmentalization, which we can do if we read our stuff. Oh, this is this part of me. This is this part of me. But like, obviously we all have so many different parts to ourselves and we're complex people, but to have some sort of like someone be able to tie it together is, is really cool to hear. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Are you ready? Allie? I'm ready. All Give right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you have, you, as you know, you have this, huge amount of Aries in your chart yeah not only do you have your sun and your moon in Aries but it looks like you know oh and then your rising sign okay I'm just looking at her chart for the first time here you also have your north node in Aries as well oh I forgot about that yes yeah. 
Which so. North Node, remind me, is like, isn't that something about your past lives or your karma yeah. or something? Okay. It's fun to talk about the North Node, and I find that people who are getting into astrology are most fascinated with the North okay. Node. So I think it definitely deserves a little time on the podcast today. The North Node and the South Node are imaginary points of an axis. Okay. The North Node symbolizes where you're headed so that could be in this lifetime as opposed to past lifetimes okay um if you don't believe in past lives you could also just think of it as like what's my purpose where am i headed okay okay it is typically thought of in terms of the the past lives Mm -hmm. being where you're coming from and the north node being this is where i'm headed toward in this life the interesting thing about it is that the south node represents these past skills and talents that we already have, but we're not interested in continuing at this time. Okay. So the North node is like, here's where I'm headed. Here's what I want to learn. I want to get good at this, but I don't have a lot of experience in this. So it can be for a lot of us, a kind of sticky place where we feel very drawn to it, but we don't feel like we have everything we need to Mm -hmm. do it. So we can be hesitant. We can go back and sit in the South node. Okay. So your South node is Libra. Oh, interesting. Your north node is Aries, but you've got all this Aries stuff. So there may be, as we talk about your Aries stuff, just keeping in the back of your mind, that it may be that while the things that I discuss in relation to Aries are very personal to you and feel really strong, there's also this part of you that might feel like it's not second nature. Mm. And so I'll describe more so that makes sense. Okay. Um, So Aries moon Aries sun that basically means that you're born on a new moon and a new moon is when the um, sky is dark there's no visible light and so it's a time of going inward it's a time of self-reflection it's a time to plant the seeds for the next sequence so when you're born on a new moon there's a lot of focus there's a lot of sense of starting something there's a lot of sense of like I, I really want to create here. I want to plant the seeds. I want to fertilize. I want to be very creative. Having, being born on a new moon and all this Aries makes you a very creative person. <laughs> you just need to constantly feel like you're initiating things, that you're seeding new things, that things, it, that's the most fun part is the idea mm-hmm. and the moment of the plan and the moment of like, let's get it going. Aries is the spark of fire. That's like the spark of your soul. So that's very poetic. But what it really means is that like you have a soul. We all have a soul. The soul is fire. Aries is the first fire sign, Mm -hmm. which is this kind of, which says that you need your fire, your spirit to manifest onto the world without anything in the way of it, any, without anything blocking it, which means being able to have the freedom to make quick decisions, to make, um, to be confident, being able to have the freedom to kind of go out and do without any hindrance or anything stopping you, whether that's a law or a rule or, uh, you know, sometimes a partner or you just want to do stuff and make stuff happen and be creative. Um, you're a little bit of an unusual, like, 
triple Aries though, because you have, so I'm talking about things that are a little more complex for you, but that's just the way this is turning out. So you have, (laughs) um, your sun and your moon are both in the area of retreat and self-reflection and being alone and being quiet and actually just being meditative. So you may read about Aries all the time and be like, I know I'm a major Aries, which means spontaneity, creativity. I want to go and do, but I also feel like I need to sometimes just be, and I sometimes get into a mood where I moon about and I don't know how to take action and I feel indecisive Mm -hmm. and I just need to simmer and percolate until the action comes up. And that could be frustrating at times because you just want to burn, but you don't always, you're not always ready to burn and you need to retreat. So it's like, you're this big extrovert who's actually an introvert in a weird way. (laughs) And I'm an only child. So actually what you're saying is like that alone time Mm -hmm. is, is a massive part of my sort of needs. Like, to be honest, I just, but I do feel that when I get restless, if I can't, if there's nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. This also ties in, as you say that to the South no being in Libra, like we can talk about past lives. It's very easy to talk about past lives because we can't prove it, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like anything I say, I can just be right, but just kidding, you know, <laughs> but, but with the South node in Libra, this is like past lives where you're very partnered. Maybe you had a twin, maybe you were in like a, like a long-term 60 year partnership where you didn't do anything without the other person. And so that feels like, like now your, your soul is saying, no, it's not about that partnership thing. It's about you manifesting solely without anything stopping you or being in the way. But there's this feeling of like, but it'd be so comfortable to just go back to that partnership thing. Like, what is this whole partnership thing all about? How do I get that? And it's this kind of sticky place. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like the, the kind of vacillating between partnership and solo Mm -hmm. sort of being an island or whatever it is yeah Yeah. totally and people always see you as because you're Aries rising too people just see you as super self-sufficient like and you see yourself that way too uh, but sometimes it ends up feeling like well how do I let anyone in if I can do everything myself then what's the point right or whatever yeah, that's, I mean, it's amazing what you're saying, isn't it? Isn't it interesting to hear about, especially like you're, you know, we're business partners and friends and it's like it's so fascinating to hear what resonates like about the other person. You're like, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah I get it. Yeah. So fun to hear another person's chart. Oh my yeah. God. Espe- if you know them really well. Right. Yeah. And it helps. And so, you know, I do readings for couples and business partners too, because then, you know, you have turn terminology you have language for how the other person works and what they need you know you need to soothe yourself by being very active by physically moving your body um martial arts like doing things that are kickboxing like doing things that are physical Mm -hmm. that can get your body moving because aries is so needs to do something all the time Mm -hmm. yeah wow this is cool this is fun it's so fascinating. I, I have a question to, you know, you mentioned um, when you were doing my chart, right? You said both my Libra and Aquarius are air, right? So like mm-hmm. that was a harmonious. So I just wanted to ask a question about the elements because right, there's fire, air, earth, and water. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all important for different reasons. But 
you know, something I noticed about myself is I don't have any water in my chart, like except for whatever the generational water is. So I just wanted to know, like, you know, like basically everyone born in my generation would have the same, the same sign, Uranus or something. I don't know. So the planets that are furthest away in the solar system, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, those are called the generational planets because they're so far away. They move so slowly that people born in the same 10 years will have all have the same placement. Yeah. So, so like other than that, there's no water in my sign. So I've always been curious about the elements as well and what to do if you are missing an element. Um, Interestingly enough, I have a hard time crying. I'm getting better at it through like therapy and breathing exercises. But I was like, when I noticed I didn't have water, I thought that was so fascinating because I've always had a hard time crying. And I know Aquariuses can also detach and that's in my emotions. So I'm sure it's all connected. But yeah, I just, I feel like the elements aren't talked about very often and it was something I noticed. So I just wanted to ask what your thoughts are on that. That's a great question. I love using the elements to help people understand astrology because the elements are so visceral for us. We know what fire is. We know what earth is. So even if we don't know something about um, an earth sign, even if we were told, well, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn are earth signs, we may be able to guess just knowing that they're earth signs a couple of things about what they are, you know, because we're so, that's actually our connection point, (laughs) like our real world connection point. So I think it's always important um, to talk about the elements in like a beginner's astrology kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so I actually, I'm not running it this year, but in the past I had a retreat with a yoga teacher who, where we would come, we'd talk about the elements in your chart and we devote a day to each element and help you kind of like find that elemental balance. So if you don't have a lot of water, you could use the water day activities to like get really into the water side of yourself. Um, but we're not doing it this year, but maybe we'll do it again. So jump on my email list and let me know. But the idea here is you already hit the nail on the head. You don't have any water in your chart that you're aware of. And so you're having a hard time crying, or maybe that's not how you would say it, but, um, that emotions are a characteristic of water. Intuition is a characteristic of water. Um, compassion, uh, art and creativity can be a water thing, but don't have to be. Um, feeling like you're in a nurturing space or um, kind of nesting at home. Retreat and meditation and spirituality can all be water things. Um, uh deep emotional bond and connection can be a water thing. So breathing exercises could be great. You know, these things that you're doing, talking about your feelings for you especially is really good because Aquarius is very intellectual and the moon is your emotional, um, is in the sign of Aquarius. So if you want to connect to your emotions, which would be the water element, then do Aquarius stuff like group therapy would be really good. Any kind of leading a group, um, would be incredible. Uh, vision boards, as I mentioned is important because Aquarius wants to find the kind of like, where am I going? Journaling, anything that's cerebral that gets you into your feeling state would be good. That's so interesting because those are all things that like my life has so drastically changed in the last 
two years when I left my Saturn return, actually, which we definitely want to ask you about as well, just quickly. But I, I started doing all of those things. And it's really made a difference in my life because those were things that were lacking, like journaling changed my life. Therapy changed my life leading groups it's just weird to hear you say these things that I started doing and then I feel like have fully formed the best version of myself which is very interesting that's amazing yes sometimes we bring another element into our life through a person as well so having a friend who has a lot of water in their chart could be a nice thing going to the water could be a really nice thing living by the water (laughs) yeah can you talk a little bit Erica mentioned Saturn return Mm -hmm. for anybody listening who doesn't know what that is. I know you do work with that. And can you, can you just tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So, um, Saturn return is a very important transit that affects all of us uh, in our late twenties for the first time it happens. The second time it happens is in your mid to late fifties. And then the third time it happens would be in your mid to late eighties. If you live that long, course so so the idea here is that each planet is an archetype each planet has a certain um, energy that it's bringing into our lives and that it has within our lives within ourselves so Saturn is the planet that's our teacher planet Saturn is kind of holding the clipboard saying have you been doing your lessons I need to see your homework assignment now I need to know you know you had a certain plan you enrolled for this course have you like been doing the actual work because we need to see so there's this kind of teacher part of us sometimes we see it as our inner judge or our inner kind of like authoritative part of ourselves and that's Saturn and Saturn's orbit is about 28 years 29 so so as Saturn orbits back to the place that it was at when you were born to that exact degree, that's your Saturn return. It takes about 28, 29 years to do that. Yeah. So when it comes back to that sensitive, sensitized place where it was when you were born, it's a check in. It's kind of like your final exams. And so for astrologers, we think of that as like kind of a rite of passage like hey now you're progressing to you know you're graduating college basically like like did you get done what you said you wanted to get done is the essential question of the Saturn return have you built the foundation that is truly in alignment with your deeper sense of self or what happens for most of us is that we're kids we're young adults, we come up with a certain way of viewing the world. That's very normal. We come up with stories about the world. We think, oh, well, people will like me if my hair looks really good. (laughs) You know, like, like whatever we come up with when we're kids and young adults about the way the world works, how we fit into the world or society as a whole, what we're good at, what we're not good at, our views about like money and you know, all of our frameworks all get set up when we're kids. And then in our 20s, we tend to kind of reaffirm those things in some way or another, or we tend to kind of explore and experiment. Like, are these, is this how life is? Now I want to live in this apartment over here. And now I'm having a job for the first time. And I'm working off of the knowledge base that I built up when I was a kid. And I'm kind of testing out those theories. And then we get to a point in our late 20s where suddenly it's like, well, the things that weren't working just stop working. Like if it was not a good foundation, if those initial beliefs were any good, like 
we get to this astrological moment where we say, oh, I need to start thinking about things in a different way. Maybe I need some support. Maybe I need a new framework. Maybe I need, um, maybe I have been setting it up all very well. And I actually did build a really good relationship. So now maybe I'm going to get married. Or maybe, you know, I had been setting up really well and I had been like doing these steps that were really in alignment and felt really true to who I actually am. And I was ignoring the voices that said, no, conform or do this other thing. So I'm at a point in my career that feels really good. And so now I'm going to get a promotion or I'm going to go to the next level. Or maybe I get to a point where I realize I'd been going through all these motions and they weren't really true to me. I'd been doing them because my parents thought it was a good idea. And then I blow the whole thing up and I say, forget it. I'm going to go over here and do this other thing now. So it's really a time where we kind of put the spotlight on where we're at. And we, we are sometimes through some event happening in our outside life, we are kind of shown, oh, now we need a new, a new thing. That's interesting that you say that. I was, when I had my cancer diagnosis, I was 29. Oh, wow. And so that was like that event, right? That sort of changed my life and changed, wound up in the like couple of years since then, um, the trajectory of it, the work that I'm doing. Yes. And and it, it was like that experience though really opened up a whole different world to me. In, in a similar way, actually, we started this podcast when I was 29. So during my Saturn, like, but it was a result of, it's so interesting. I didn't know much about Saturn return. I don't even think I knew anything other than its name and that it kind of happened. But I remember the night before my 20th birthday, I was so happy and I was feeling great. And then I woke up on my 28th birthday feeling like something was off. And then I found, then I dug into Saturn return and I realized it happens when you turn 28, but I swear, I know that sounds crazy. I was in this beautiful hotel in Santa Barbara and I just woke up feeling like something was off. It was the craziest experience ever. And then subsequently, right, the next year for me, it really came up and I'm a people pleaser. The Libra in me loves to say yes and please people. And that did not serve me anymore. And that was a really big thing that I needed to change that ultimately led to us I mean, like you said, your cancer ultimately led to this new career trajectory. And in the same way, it really, I feel like changed the whole course of my life. Yeah. As a Libra, that was also my Saturn return was like, hey, you got to choose what you actually want and like stand by that too. That was the whole two years. 28 and 29 was all about learning to have conviction in myself. And that was a very difficult lesson, but I'm 30 <laughs> and, it's, and I survived and I'm better for it. So anyone going through their Saturn return, right? It's like, it gets better. <laughs> You'll get through. Um, I'm curious because you talked to us a little bit about your artistic background. You also, one of the many things you do as an astrologer is that you write sometimes for the numinous. And I've noticed that there's, you have a really like creative way and sort of artistic sort of unique style with, um, with, they're not really horoscopes, but like with sort of for each sign, what, what someone should be focusing on at any given point or what's going on, um, in the stars at any moment. Can you talk to us about how you formed your voice in this, in this sort of astrological world? Yeah. Um, I, when I was, uh, in art school towards the, I think my last year in school, I kept trying to make this project that was very 
poorly executed. But it, my idea was like, I just wanted to make a garden of symbols. Like I wanted somehow to show this like library of symbols and that could just be accessed and, and worked with. And so now my horoscopes are basically your symbol for the week. And so that's um, a symbol that could be like digging in the garden. And so this week is all about digging in the garden and what that means or, um, you know, a panda bear climbs a tree. <laughs> um, you know, these kinds of illustrative sentences that then you can think about and everybody's going to find their own meaning in that. Um, kind of like a little, you know, a little illustration almost or a little drawing. You're going to relate to it in your own way. But it is very much based out of my art art background. I feel like now I have a medium to do what I wanted to do. And maybe someday I'll be able to find another way to do that visually. I really like what the, what's happening over here with the words and the writing and the astrology. Because it is, it's, it is to me, everything is about this kind of language of symbol the language of the subconscious mind i'm also a hypnotist so i'm very interested in like the way that the subconscious mind uses metaphor and symbol for um helping us heal and come into a new um, way of being often we need to use symbolism to kind of get ourselves to a different place to move past an old pattern that's so beautiful yeah you're you're horoscopes is that what, yeah like, that's what I call yeah them. the hor they are they're really just so beautiful and um yeah so creative thank you so much <laughs> I um I do have one more astrology question that I think comes up a lot um which is mercury retrograde right and so many people freak out or they don't know what it means but they're like oh well mercury's in retrograde or is or even my friends who think astrology is bs have started to be like mercury retrograde might be a real thing so can you, um, you know, just share for anyone listening, they always say, right, like, what are things that we can prepare for, for the next Mercury retrograde to just kind of make it a little bit easier or anything you think we should know going into a Mercury retrograde? So I always go back and forth on Mercury retrograde. There are moments where I want to be a Mercury retrograde purist. And I want to say, like, you know, it's just about inner work and self-reflection and getting a little quiet time. And then there are moments where I'm in one and I'm like, my computer isn't working. What have I done? And, and you know... I, yeah, at the, sometimes I have a big philosophical angle <laughs> and then other times I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I can't get like my charger broke. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the kind of the big thing about a Mercury retrograde that's important to know is that it happens three times a year for three weeks each time. So that's nine or 10 or 11 weeks out of the year, depending which is how many months, right? Like that's two and a half to three months a year. Okay, so just knowing that alone, we have to look at this whole thing with a, some kind of practicality. Right. <laughs> which is that this is a phase that happens in a timely manner, periodically. And the idea behind it is that communication and technology are kind of inverted or turned upside down or backwards in a sense. 
Um, and so if you have a business or you do communicate with other people or whatever, you know, there may be an opportunity within that to slow it down, to refine your process, to look at things differently, to kind of think about how your workflows or how you've organized your day or whatever it is or how you're talking to people and how you're listening, how you're interacting with social media and kind of change that up. That could be a great invitation. Should we stop our whole lives two and a half to three months out of the year? Probably not. Or maybe we should. I don't know. <laughs> Is it realistic, though, to kind of like be really fearful? Or That's a weird thing to say. But no, it's not helpful to be really fearful, right? So, so yeah, it's all about like going into a Mercury retrograde with a certain sense of like maybe I won't do the thing that requires the most communication and the most technological support during that three-week period right I'll, I'll give myself that break and not do that plan to do those things and maybe I'll use it as a time for reassessment so what are the areas of life that I feel like I'm a little stuck in or a little uncomfortable in right now how can I reassess those areas? Is that a journaling thing? What do I like to do? Is this like a morning walk and like think kind of thing? Is this like like exercise and then free ride? Or I don't know. Talk to a friend about these different areas. How can I reassess or take stock of these life areas that are stressing me out? My home or, you know, my partnership. Like maybe it'd be a good time to kind of just take stock and think about things in a different way without making any big decisions or um, kind of, you know, signing any big contracts. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's all great tips. What if you have to sign a contract though? That happens, you know, that's yeah. right. It's life. It's like two and a half to three months a year. We're not going to yeah. stop signing contracts. Um, there are usually things that you can do to soften the blow. Mm. Um, not uh, That sounds so fatalistic. I don't like to talk that way. No, but, but I will say I got a car lease during Mercury in retrograde and the car was fine. But my paperwork three months later, right. I found out that the, the company was buying out my car and they were supposed to pay off my last lease. They didn't do it. Right. And I found out right before it was about to go to collections. <gasps> or like I don't know if it was collections, but it was like... It was about to hurt right before it was about to hurt my credit. I had so much fortune that we caught it. Um, but yeah, just the, the dealership made a major mistake and I got my car Mercury retrograde. Yeah. So I, that's why I'm asking, like, what if you have <laughs> to get a car? Like, what if you have to do something? Right. So that is classic. Yeah. That's like a classic Mercury retrograde story. And, um, and so, you know, what could you have done in that scenario? Maybe there's nothing you could have done. Maybe you could be some over the top amazing person and like call the dealership a week after and make sure it all went through. I don't know. That seems very excessive to me. <laughs> if you have to buy a car, you have to buy a car. But the idea is like dot all your I's and cross all your T's yeah. and go overboard if you have to. That's if you're going to get married during a Mercury retrograde, um, you know, see if you could sign your contract at a different time get together with your officiant and like sign it before the Mercury retrograde or after, if that works with you and your um, like belief system, that's going to still feel meaningful. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I like the advice, like cross your T's, dot your I's. Like we try to do that 
especially when we're, you know, recording long distance during working in retrograde, we're not going to stop our schedule, but it's just like the idea of, I think it's made me more, um, open to the idea of being cautious and thorough with some things that I wouldn't normally think about. Like, Oh, we take for granted that the sound's going to be fine. And it's like, well, what are, you know, just to checking, double checking things. Totally. Every email I send during Mercury Retrograde, I check every link to make sure it's working. (laughs) I love that. So there are two questions we ask all our guests um, as we wrap up. So I'm going to ask the first. Um, You have a job that requires so much output and, you know, really you're around so many different energies. So how do you take care of yourself? What is your self-care practice and what does that really look like for you? That's a great question. This is something I'm constantly trying to figure out. I think in the last couple of weeks, I've come upon something that is like really working for me. So I'm pretty pumped. I don't know where it came from. (laughs) I finally figured it out. But I've just started, I have this app called Aptive. I should be, I should have some kind of promo code for them or something. But they do like, um, you can set up a plan and you can set up habits. And so I have that all set up in the app and like I my so basically my concept here is like short, short time periods. So I meditate for five minutes a day. I foam roll for five minutes a day. I stretch for five minutes a day. I work out for 15 minutes, like doing body weight stuff and like that. And then I write down three gratitude things a day and like all that you could do in an hour. And it's like changes my whole life. (laughs) <laughs> That's great. And the app is called Aptive. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you can program it for your own. Yeah. You can choose what habits you want to include. And then it's an exercise app. So like they have training sessions with trainers. Oh, wow. It's really awesome. That's like, cool. That's a great way to, to just like a, a tool to have. Yeah. You know? um, and then so the second one that we always ask everybody is over the course of your journey. And this can be, you know, relevant to your work as an astrologer, but also just to you personally, is there a book that you would recommend that has really meant a lot to you? And maybe this is a two-part question for you. Is there a book you would recommend to someone who wanted to get maybe a little bit their first taste of astrology? What would that be? And then for you, what has been something that's been meaningful to you? Great. So astrology, I really like the book um, Astrology for Yourself. Um, that book is a workbook that you can use to kind of go through and like, uh, you need to know your birth time for that, but you'll go through and you'll write about your mercury sign or your sun sign. It's a good way to learn and it has like a good primer. Um, and then the book that's helped me a ton is the book called, it's called Broken Open. It's by Elizabeth Lesser. She's amazing. She runs the Omega Institute. Um, she started was one of the founders of that. And her writing is so um, deep and so helpful. She has this theory concept that we all have a couple of opportunities in our lives to really walk into the fire of change. And that when we do that, we kind of break our own hearts open and we can really change. You know, it sounds like both of your Saturn return experiences might have been like a moment for that for you. My Saturn return was for me. She calls it like your Phoenix experience or something like that. I want to say Phoenix rising experience. Um, But it's like, it's a really, I read that book at my Saturn return and it just helped me normalize for myself. Like, 
profound transformation and like having profound emotions come up and like facing those those are amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So for anybody um, who wants to work with you or book a reading or follow you online, where can everyone find you? Yes. So sandycitron.com, S-A-N-D-Y-S-I-T-R-O-N. So my last name Citron is spelled with an S. <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. This is so wonderful. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.CourageousWellnessPodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness. Courageous Wellness.